Howard Tolman is an American serial entrepreneur, venture capitalist, educator, writer, lecturer, and even an art collector. He currently serves as CEO of 1871 Chicago and the managing partner of G23V and managing partner of Chicago High Tech Investment Partners. He was born in St. Louis, Missouri in 1945 and was raised in a humble but driven and competitive family of eight. So we're going to have to ask him about that. He's a son of an apparel salesman and a stay-at-home mother who later ran for public office in New Jersey. He's the eldest of six siblings. He's a seasoned entrepreneur by the age of 10, having built a candy racket and a magic performance business in his free time. The family moved up to the Chicago suburbs. He became a student of math and economics at Northwestern U and a JD from Northwestern School of Law. He's even an attorney. Go figure. Tolman's entrepreneurial career spans five decades in a broad swath of industries. As of May 2011, he had started 12 companies, including Tribeca Flashpoint Media Arts Academy, CCC Information Services, Tunes.com, The Rolling Stone Network, Imagination Pilots, and others. He's also been tapped for senior executive positions at established institutions such as Coin.Inc., Worldwide Exceed and Kendall College, where his expertise in turnarounds saved the school from going bankrupt back in 2003. And he's with me today. Welcome, Howard. He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Fortinet. First question, I already talked about 1871 and kind of a lead-in, but what do you call 1871? We, we absolutely call it a startup factory, that uh, our goal is to basically build sustainable businesses that can create jobs for the city of Chicago and for the state of Illinois. Do they have to be sustainable? They absolutely have to be sustainable, but not in the sense that they have to be doing some public good or green. Or green, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't mean that. You mean, I mean that they're going to be I mean, around. That's I mean, right, because, <laughs> because the worst thing for a business these days is to be on this fundraising treadmill of constantly having to raise more money. So we're looking for businesses that can be self-sustaining. That's probably a better word than sustainable, but the idea is that they're in a position where people are buying the products, they're getting some traction, they're growing. A high degree of success, uh, predictability for success. A high likelihood yeah. of success, right. Well, which, having done walk around, well, I know we're going to get into it a little bit more in yeah. depth. You you have the tools in place and the, and the things in place if they take advantage of it. Yeah, I, I love what uh, Matt Maloney from Grubhub said when he was describing 1871. He said when he was doing Grubhub, First of all, it took him. He spent a million and a half dollars buying his way out of leases that he signed oh, yeah. because they were growing so fast that he had to like get out of all this stuff. Which is but, good for a lot of new entrepreneurs yeah, exactly. who are coming in and getting the space in. for half that's price, exactly right? Right. So that whole sublet culture yeah. is interesting. Then he said he had to advertise on Craigslist to get people, and and then lastly, it took him eighteen months to raise his first round of financing. He said. If 1871 had existed on the day that he started his business, he would have literally walked down the hall and had sort of a one-stop shop, and that's really what we built. And well, plus, we're in a you know, uh, we're in a very interesting building. I was actually in this building the day 9/11 happened, meeting with the World Trade Center folks. I used to be on the board yeah. that day that it happened, and but the, it's, it's a significant building because of where you're at. 
But I really liked what I read about the name. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of like symbols, and I like symbolism. And I have a business called Tall Grass, which stands for if you want to run with the big dogs, you got to learn to piss in the tall grass. Right. And that's my slogan. Right. So, but 1871, tell me about where you came up with the name. And, so, who, and who came up with the name? Yeah, I'm real so, curious. So the name is, it should have been probably 1872, but 1871 <laughs> was the year of the Chicago Fire. Yeah. And following the fire, you know, with half the city destroyed, there was this enormous you know, wellspring of creativity and new businesses and growth and everything else. And the theory is today technology is enabling that exact kind of explosion, that yeah. exact kind of growth. So that's really the idea that we're the next generation now. You know, unfortunately, once we named it 1871, you had people knocking it off all over the country. Right. So you've got 1776. Yeah. And I always, you know, give them sort of a jibe and say, hey, 1492 is still available. <laughs> You know, there's a few other uh, numbers around, but it's been a it's been a very interesting way of saying we're about Chicago, we're about technology. The governor, our new governor, says technology is the absolute future of the state. It's mm-hmm. going to inform everything, and you know we have a mayor who gets it too, and so we're excited. But we're very focused too. We're not trying to be all things to all people. The Chicago and the Midwestern culture very much B two B, not about moonshots, not yeah. about unicorns, yeah. just about how do we serve. Well, there's a lot of money in unicorns if you can get one. If you, you know. can get one, yeah. right? But it's a power law. You yeah, know, you'll have a hundred, and one might make it. And yeah. guess what? That one will not pay for the other ninety nine. That's exactly well. That's yeah. true. That's yeah. the joke. Yeah. I mean, they're like, oh yeah, if we get a couple of winners, it'll pay for all of the mistakes. I haven't seen it yet in mm-hmm. about twenty five years. You know, when I look at. Um, when I was on Bloomberg one day, we were talking about Facebook and we were talking about LinkedIn. We were talking sure. about all these major platforms. And to me, there's you're only like... three. There's I, only three. There's LinkedIn for business. There's Facebook for basically personal. And there's Twitter for sort of current. Well, and that's... On the, but I would also call right. Salesforce maybe one of those as yeah. well. There's that's an, an enabling technology. Okay. Because nobody says, I'm going to Salesforce. And, and frankly, we were just with... A couple of big companies and their position is they use it, but they use it in the background. Yeah, exactly. As a tool, right. much like Oracle or somebody else. Exactly. But what my point is, is they're very much like big sequoia trees. And underneath the sequoia is this canopy right. and all these little tiny seedlings and things grow in a sequoia. And to me, that's what looks like 1871 is a little bit like that. You're this big environment that well, allows you to have this. That's exa- well, for sure we're that. For sure we're a uh, sort of a petri dish where a lot of big and little activities can be spawned. And also we're a matchmaker because we're bringing these big corporations in and we're smoothing their interaction with startups and with disruptive technologies and with innovation. Well, you're a good it's not fil- easy you're, for them to do. No, and, and you're a good filter for them. Yeah. I mean, if they've seen some things that have been successful, now if it, you got to be successful to do that, sure. right? But as you make these partnerships, I saw Motorola. As I was yeah, Motorola is here. One. Microsoft is here. Cisco is here. Just about every big player in the technology space is here. Can can you look around based on the things you see here? And I know I'm kind of jumping ahead, but I'm what the heck? Sure. I, I've had a lot of uh, Dunkin' coffee this morning. All right. So, can you just like look at someone and say, "Not going to make it"? Well, we do have a process that helps us sort of objectify that because otherwise. If you're a good talker, that doesn't mean you're going to build a good business, right? right? So, yeah. so we have metrics, and we agree with the companies that over a period of time, they should make some progress. So there are times when we sit down with somebody and we say, your baby is ugly. You know, we're sorry to tell you yeah. that, but your baby is ugly. Now, here's the great news. They don't leave. What they do is they look around and they attach themselves to a better idea, to a business that's Some plastic more, surgery, so to speak. A business that's getting more traction mm-hmm. to a better, you know, something 
So it's sort of like the Hotel California. You know, you can check in, but you can never leave. This is how they want to spend their life. So this is what they do. And they do it sometimes in multiple businesses. Sometimes they pivot. Sometimes they start all over. But our goal is to make it real. Our goal is that this is not the tech tree house or a place to just come and hang out. You actually have to be creating. So when we, about a year and a half ago, focused in on that specific issue, we said it's up or out. You actually have to be making some progress or you're moving out. So you came from a family of eight, as I read of your six background. Six kids and two adults. Right? Two adults. So eight so all time. Eight, eight, oh, okay. My, my, my math added up. There yeah. we go. Family exactly. of eight. Right. So what did you learn from there that you apply to what you do in your everyday business? Eat fast. Eat fast. <laughs> Look, grab the last piece of chicken because... <laughs> the first piece. No, yeah, grab the first piece and make sure you grab the last one. You don't have to ask for permission. Just right. get it, right? Exactly. So, no, there's, there's some truth to that. You know, you know I, we, we learned a lot of things. My, my parents were, uh, you know, my dad was a professional athlete and a college, you know, uh, what was American he? basketball. Was he really? Yeah. Where did he play for? Washington U in St. Louis. Is that right? Yeah. And my mother was like the homecoming queen. So it was a little high bar, yeah. you know, when you start out like that. Uh, totally competitive, you know, good enough was never enough, you know. So what did your dad do for a living? So he sold, he sold for probably 40 years. And, mm-hmm. you know, what you learn from that is that you, you don't do anything yourself. You know, you have yeah. to sell people on yourself first mm-hmm. and then you can sell them a product or an idea. But first people sign up to, you know, they don't sign up for companies anymore. They don't even sign up for businesses anymore. They sign up because of a personal connection. There's a lot that of that they make. Yeah, yeah. yeah so big time. He was great, and he, you know, he had tremendous loyalty among the people that worked with him for many, many years. A lot of the time he spent here in the merchandise mart. Um, and what did your mom do? So my mom was mostly a homemaker for you know six kids, and then eventually went into politics of all things. You mentioned you know about. You know, signing up for relationships. And I've always said relationships are the thing. People yeah. are saying, oh, it's all about relationships now. I said, when did it stop being exactly. that? It's always been that. I've found the most successful people have great relationships. Yeah. And you seem to have that with all the connections well, we, and the people well, you have. I mean, for sure, I've had like 6,000 employees. So I, yeah. I, my batting average is pretty good. Mm-hmm. But the real you know, thing that we find is when you apply this to business, what you learn is that it's more important to go deeper in your connection with the customers you have than it is to try and go find random additional customers. This is a big thing. So a lot of activity in the companies we see today is moving from the front end of the funnel to the back end, much more about retention, the value, lifetime value of customers, the fact that customers increasingly become more profitable. People who are out there chasing new business, which is six times more expensive, noisy, very yeah. cluttered. Although it's fun. Very tough. It's fun. Very tough. You know, it's, it's, it's exciting. Fun. It's costly. Though. Yeah. I mean, well, you costly. just got into, I mean, here we are sitting in Chicago, 1871, you know, we're sitting here and you're talking about the Pareto principle, which was discovered right here in Chicago, tool and die. Yeah. Exactly. You know, the, it's the 80-20 principle. Exactly. Spend, so, that's where you get your revenue and that's where you spend your time. Yeah. Exactly. But people really forget about that, don't they? Well, I think they also don't understand that when you, over time, your best customers become more profitable you can even charge them more. I mean, yeah. it's not this idea that well, exactly. they have to give you a discount because you shop here regularly. You become so invested in the success of my enterprise that if I say I need to charge you more to do the first class job, people step up for that. Yeah. What? So go back to you also were at Kendall College for a while. You yeah. part of your career, and you helped them avoid bankruptcy. As, I did, as, as I, I recall, did. when you stepped in. What? What? How did you get there? Well, so I was writing a book, and uh, my wife was sick of making three meals a day for me because I was working at home. 
And Kendall was a culinary school, and she figured, what the fuck? You know, yeah. There'll be, there'll be meals included here. That's good. Sure. So why don't I sign him up for that job? Yeah. So they were looking for a, a new president. They were failing at 75-year-old college. How big were they at the time? Uh, at the time, they had about uh, 800 students, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, and... And what would they do? Prep people for hospitality jobs? Well, so they had chefs. They did. The problem was over the ten or fifteen years before I got there, they tried to be all things to everybody. Whatever yeah. was the flavor of the week, can never do it. We got web classes. We got nursing classes. We're training the Navy. We got you know culinary classes. We're in business. We're in yeah. law enforcement. They tried to be opportunistic, but the truth is that they weren't. They didn't stick to their core, and the core was this, you know, pretty world class culinary school. So when I got there. Um, I, first thing I did is picked it up and moved it out of Evanston, uh, downtown, and built a new facility. But it was very instructive. Well, that's not easy to do. No, so you, you, when you say pick it up, and I know what it is because I've worked with colleges before, that's a lot of money well, you have to go get. Well, it was a lot of money. It was about $60 million, and I had to do it in secret, and I had about 60 days to do it. So, so you, and, But you tapped those relationships yeah, again, right? Of course, yeah, of course. But also, you know, I had to deliver a lot of hard news. You know, when I first got there... The faculty told me that uh, they needed new marketing materials, and I'm like, "Well, first of all, that's lipstick on a pig, right? right. And second yeah. of all, first we got to find a pig, well, right? Well, <laughs> even more than that, why would we want more people to come to a crappy school? Let's yeah. fix the school, and then we'll fix the marketing materials. It, so. so, in turning that around, what was the biggest lesson that you learned? I think you know the biggest lesson was that you can't do more than a few things really well. Yeah. And so I had to find what the core value was, and that was uh, high-end vocational training uh, for people who were really committed and passionate. And I also had to be much more honest with outcomes, too. You know, being a chef, even though cooking shows that, you know, when I stepped into that role had become, you know, heroic for the first time and everybody was a celebrity chef and all this, the truth is it's a long, hard, difficult business Owning your own restaurant is almost as bad as being a franchisee. It's like yeah. buying a bad job. Yeah, it's tough. And it's very tough. And so I had to say, you better be passionate about this because it's never going to make you rich. And you know, and that was a interesting conversation that then extended into our next school, which was a digital media school that I did with Bob De Niro. And those parents, too, we said, look, if you think your kid's going to come out of here after two years and have a nine-to-five job, yeah. Please don't start. Not, yeah, don't don't bring them here. Don't bring them here because it's episodic and it's ups and downs and it's what they're passionate about, but it's a different kind of life. You know, I actually have a saying, I got a new book coming out, and I actually say it's called hard work because it's hard. That's right. That's, right. <laughs> That's why they call it work. It's yeah, exactly. Fun, yeah. Right? But, you know, but you seem like the kind of guy that, that like me, I like that. Yeah, I, like I, I get a too. kick out of it. I, look, that's what I do. People um, ask me about my hobbies, recreation, yeah. hobbies. It's work. Yeah, it's I, really it cool. is for me, too. I, I really do. I mean, I get a kick out of it. I have a tough time. i got to find balance. Do you have a tough time finding balance? I don't I don't find it that difficult. Many years ago, I, I had uh, a guy who said, you know, life is like these three buckets. It's it's recreation, it's family, and it's work. Well, Cubby said had, there was five. So, right, and, okay. and, he had long, and he had long ago concluded that he loved his work so much that that was his recreation. Mm-hmm. And the carve-out was family time. And mm-hmm. I've tried to be diligent about that and that's hard enough just to make time for your family do you have to think about that um i have to actively think about it yeah I, I'm, we, I do too we had a guy here from second city who's the lead producer and you know for years has evaluated every day people come in and present to him so he's always in the moment because he's got to be focused on them he said when he goes home 
He's got to consciously say to his kids, now I'm going to give you 15 minutes of pure attention. Uh-huh. Because this if is I don't your time. do it, yeah. this is your time. You yeah. know, speak up now because in an yeah. hour, I'll be so sick of hearing yeah. everybody that I want to be a couch potato and I don't want to hear from anybody. I want to go to my cave. Yeah. yeah. So, son, this yeah. is your 15. Go. Exactly. Yeah, so, so he, like, he yeah. consciously did it. I don't, mine isn't that bad. Yeah, I'm not that bad. Yeah, right. yeah. But, I, but I do have to remind myself to, to go back and do the things I'm supposed to do. And I've got a, I don't know if, about you, but I've got a great partner and my wife, and she, She's that balance for me because yeah. I think guys like you and me, we have to have some balance. Yeah. I have a sane wife. I yeah. think that's a important. But you, yeah. you, there's got to be something you like really do for fun. I, I mean, write. I yeah, write. that's what I do. For you fun. write. Yeah. I write. Okay. And yeah. what do you write? I write a weekly column for Inc. Okay. Uh, and you know, it's hard to write a weekly column. I know it's really that tough. You're proud of. In yeah. other words, it, it's easy to write stuff. Yeah. But when you know that it's going to go out to th- tens of thousands of people and they're going to be judging you every single week. Uh, come Thursday, and we usually turn it in on Friday and edit it on Monday, and yeah. it goes live on Tuesday. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah, there it's is. Like no, I, I do the I same thing for something that's valuable, right? Yeah. And that, that people are going to appreciate. Do you, you get neurotic about it a little bit? I don't. I don't get neurotic about it, but I've discovered that uh, you know, in this new world of social media, everybody is an expert on everything. Oh yeah. And so that's... the feedback is interesting. I mean, the yeah. feedback. I I try to read all the comments. They're pretty much you know constructive to a huge extent yeah and i even enjoy sort of the guys that take the contrary positions on some of these yeah you get a couple of those you get you know i get people write into me if they see me on television right after i was on celebrity apprentice said you know you got a face for radio and another one said hey (laughs) i'd like to introduce you to my wife she's a personal trainer like you jerk yeah thank you very much you you know but i I always learned that you take the top 10 percent and the bottom 10 percent and throw them out right and then the rest of the stuff because you can't believe all the the pats on the back either because that's you 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 mentioned something about core, which I tend to refer to as DNA. It's important to have that when you come into an operation like 1871, yeah. isn't it? The yeah. real sense of who so, you are. So our core was that you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be simpler than that. We work trumps effort, trumps talent, it trumps creativity, it trumps yeah. everything. Yep. And so number one, you know, absolutely was just perspiration. I yeah. mean, it was hard. hard I'll work. pick a hustler any day. Yeah. Any day, and, and number two was perseverance. Yep. Okay, which was you got to stick to. Don't it, give up. You know? yeah. Number three was doing your homework. So it was like preparation. I mean, these are the five P's. Right? No, yeah, but uh, you but know, people forget about these. Do your homework mm-hmm. because don't come into a meeting and say, you know, today we say if you come into a meeting and say I don't know, that doesn't mean you don't know. It means you're lazy because it means you didn't do your homework. Didn't take the you time. Didn't do the research. Didn't take the time, and now you're wasting my time. Yeah, because you're not prepared. So. You know, those are the those are the kinds of things that we try to reinforce, and we try to you know basically say. And then the other thing I have to tell you here that's really important is if somebody comes in and says, "I want to make a lot of money," we we think that actually that's not an appropriate objective. We think it should it's, be an outcome. It's making a difference. Yeah, it could they, be an outcome. They, of course, it's going to be yeah. an outcome if they're successful. But the point is. You can make a difference and not make a lot of money, and that's still important. Work. But well, a better way is like I'm just going to solve a big problem. Yeah. Right. And yeah. if you're solving a big problem, there's people that want to pay for that. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, and that's the test: is that do, do people want to pay for it? It's interesting because I was meeting with I was actually brought in by one of your companies here, uh, Smink, and yeah. they were introducing me to sure. around a number of companies, and that's how I got to meet you, and which is great. But you you find a lot of companies, especially young companies, come in and say, "We this is new." We don't have any competitors. Right, exactly. That's a bad thing, right? Yeah, right. That's yeah. that's almost impossible to imagine today. Yeah. They just don't know what's out there, and they don't know how easy it is. You know, you mentioned Facebook and the, the sort of this analogy of the, mm-hmm. of the trees. The problem is that they have big feet, too. And so, 
you know, this was used to be yeah. the Microsoft issue. Oh, yeah. You know, God forbid you were yeah. in the shadow. Now, if they acquired you, you were in great shape. Well, I'll put Adobe in that category. Right Adobe, Adobe was the same way. Exactly. Very predatory companies. Right. That's, right. A, that's the way I would describe it. I've yeah. been in lawsuits against them and sure. Apple and everybody sure. else, too. Sure. No, I think that they do provide an umbrella, and they, and they spawn a lot of yes. interesting opportunities. But Facebook right now is engaged in this you know, business of closing the garden again. You yeah. Know, they're, ba- they're basically putting up the walls and saying, you have to pay us to get access to this audience that you built, that mm-hmm. you, the, you the brands built, you mm-hmm. the public built. But right now on, on Facebook, organic reach is about zero. You it's gotta, you it's basically pay you paid for it. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, I, I talking to folks all the time. Other speakers coming to me and say, Jeff, I had to get all your followers. Sure. Well, I, I got them before, but now I'm paying for them. Exactly. You know, that's it's that's part exactly of the deal. Right. Yeah, it's you know, it's, uh, you're, it, it's changed the game. Journalism's changed that way, too, quite frankly, and the way you'll see it. Let me ask you a question around um, you seem to be, and we just met, but you get a real sense for somebody very quickly, as I'm sure you do as well. You must have some pet peeves that things that just like bug you when you see things. I, I kind of sense that when you did, that when you said you, you didn't do your homework, you wasted my freaking time. You almost yeah. said that, but yeah. you didn't. Yeah. Uh, but no, I th- I think that uh, you know respect for people's time is important because yeah. I think time is the scarcest resource. You know the thing that time's we, money. <laughs> yeah, the thing that we enforce here, and the thing that's important to me, and this is sort of you know part of your upbringing too. You know when I would get home from school. I would change out of my good clothes. Yeah. You know that that just meant a clean pair of jeans yeah. to my play clothes because I understood that, right? I right. sort of valued the fact that it took time to prepare those and get them in shape. You know, around here we do a lot of what I would call Giuliani enforcement. You know, what's that mean? That means you pick up the trash. That means you don't put your feet on the furniture. That means this isn't really a frat house. This yeah. is really a place of business. And so if there's a single pet peeve, it's that you have to respect the environment. You have to understand that we have celebrities, dignitaries, politicians, world leaders coming through here. And, you know, this is the head and shoulders rule. You don't get a second chance to make a first impression. Mm -hmm. I want people to walk through and say, these people are organized. They're professional. They got their their act together. Yeah, You can say shit. My my show, you can do that. And and I think, so that's the single thing. I think that you have to never... So you have to be relentless about that because the minute that you sort of change your values, you know, it's a slippery slope and they crumble. You know, values yeah. don't change overnight. They just right. crumble away and Erode, yeah. soon people aren't paying attention and aren't doing everything right. And, and so, you know, I focus on the fact that, you know, sort of table stakes are getting it 100% right. Doing it really well is like what we expect. I, I like that. The bar. I like that. You know, I'm in a shared office as well, and then I've you know got my own office buildings and things like that with sure. our, our operations. And I'm and I, and I, there was a quote that I read about you cleaning your own bathroom, and I clean the bathroom right. in our offices. And, I, and everybody yeah. has a chore. Yeah. Everybody in our office has a chore. Now, sure. some people complain about that, but it's my way of saying care about the place you're in. Yeah, exactly. And do you, exactly. it's something similar here. Uh, yeah, I think. Look, I think that we we think that you have to care about the place. But you also have to care about the people. I mean, I yeah. think you have to actually, and I feel like we're a learning organization. I don't, I don't proofread everything that I proofread for my benefit. I mm-hmm. proofread it because I want the people that I'm working with to improve and to pay attention. And to, after a certain period of time, you know, they have developed that kind of focus and that kind of emphasis. And it's really easy in a world of spell checker and everything else yeah. where you're trying to, to do a million later. things to forget that. Yeah. Right? But ultimately, you know, when you send something out, you're representing me, whoever you are in our organization, 
And I want it to be a first-class product. That's just how we do it. You know, we feel like our operations have to role model for everybody else here because that's the kind of businesses I want them to build. Yeah. If we're not performing and doing it that way, then we shouldn't be lecturing them about their business. It, it's kind of tough, though, isn't it, sometimes? I mean, I, I, I mentioned the analogy around tall grass and big dogs. Like, someone will send me something in our operation, they're going to send out under my name. And yeah. I said, that's not big dog. Right. It's not big dog. And they said, what do you mean? It's, it, I said, it's not up to the level of a big dog. Yeah. You know, if you're going to go do something for a client, hire a band that goes in their operation to send them a, you know, sure. a welcome of, you know, you did a great job. You know, mar- actually, they said, an actual marching band? Yeah, hire an actual marching band and walk in. That's big dog. It, yeah. Is it hard to, to help these folks, these the, the new business owners, these entrepreneurs, to get to understand they, they're not limited by rules? Well, I think, I think that it's not, it's not hard, but it's also important to say that we would like the emphasis to be that they're being creative and guerrilla, not that they're saying, if I spend a lot of money, I can do X or Y. Now, right. that's, a, that's a tough message to get through, that you should think about these things and be smart about them. I mean, we were just with the Shinola guys. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, out of, the guys out of Detroit. Yeah, and they were talking about you know their idea, and you know they had a decent idea, and we gave them a great idea. We just gave them a great idea. It's it's probably less expensive and a thousand times more social and productive. You charge them like for that? that? No, we don't charge them. Yeah, it's just they're good guys. Good guys. You know, and it comes back. Thing, it comes back it, to you, it, doesn't it? It absolutely comes yeah. back. And you know, this is the thing about I don't know an idea or a candle. You know, if I give you an orange, I don't have the orange anymore. Yeah. If I give you an idea, I haven't lost that idea. And if mm-hmm. I give you, you know, a light from my candle for your candle, then we have two lights, right? So the, this idea of sharing... Now you get very philosophical. I almost feel like we should have a wedding, right. a unity candle or something right, right here. Kumbaya. No, but, yeah, but, no, but, I, but it's a good point, you but, know? I mean, we share ideas. You know, that's the culture. We think that you're not going to legally protect some of what we do here. You're not going to get lawyers involved. Um, Speed like and it. iteration are... Yeah our edges we right. got to be fast and we have to constantly keep raising the bar I mean if you and if you're doing it right no one's going somewhere else yeah I mean that's the end that's yeah. the real end no, goal. I think I think the people who are here are here because they're you know they love what they're doing I yeah. mean I love what I'm doing you know? well it shows every day but hey I need to take a break because I got to pay for things and we always got to pay for things and one of the biggest uh, sponsors I've got is Dunkin' Donuts. America runs on Dunkin's, and it looks like you guys drink a lot of coffee here at 1871. We, Are you a coffee a, drinker? No, but we eat a staggering amount of Dunkin' Donuts. Which is your favorite Dunkin' Donuts? I think I, you know. You like them all? I'm pretty pedestrian, right? I like the Boston cream pie. Yeah, have you tried this the the croissant one that they've got? I just had it the other day. I had one of the uh, one of these wrap things that was pretty good. They're, they're not bad. They're not bad for you know. It's they're, they're doing a lot. You should. They got. They let me taste a, a steak sandwich one day that they were doing in the back kitchen. Oh man, that's pretty. Really? That's, yeah, for a big fat guy like me, it's a pretty good. That's a good sandwich. <laughs> I'm telling you. All right, let me get. Let's get back. I'm going to ask you. Do you? What's the difference for someone in an advisory role versus a real board role for a lot of these entrepreneurs? Well, so we don't, you know, we try to eliminate what we call drive-by mentors. Yeah. Because a guy who wants to come in and figure he's got a captive audience and he can tell his war story isn't going to add much to that's helpful. So we, you know, we're much more involved in trying to have continuity, trying to match up people that are actually going to add value in these conversations. Uh, and monitoring that whole process. And that's a big part of what goes on here. We have about a 1,000 mentors. We do about 5,000 hours of one-on-one mentoring. Uh, so these people are vetted by you. They, they're, they, they're they come known, in, they're, they're recommended. Known, right, they're recommended. They're volunteers. They're known commodities. It's probably the most valuable thing 
that we can do to help the companies across a lot of different disciplines. I mean, there's no one person who knows enough about you know all of these different disciplines, but the fact that we've got this critical mass is really valuable for the companies. A board member is a completely different you know yeah. role, and and frankly, you know, in the early days, a couple of strong advisors are likely to contribute way more to your business success than a board, whoever the board is, because right. you're going to see the board. Monthly, if you're like, and, and you quarterly. don't know, you don't know what you need yet. You don't, you don't know what you don't that's know. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah exactly. So I, I tell the same thing to all the startups. And I sit on a number of boards or advisory boards, and right. I like the advisory side because sure. I get to pop in and do what I need to do for them when they need it. Because right. you're like a paratrooper. It's like you're being like, a grandparent. Yeah, Perfect. exactly. Perfect. I just became a grandparent. Are you a grandparent? Yeah, of course. How many grandkids you got? Four. Four. I just four daughters. Four granddaughters. Four granddaughters. I just had my first uh, Sophie. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Gee, it, that's, it's pretty cool. All right, we'll send we'll send videos around. The nice thing is you can give it. And then leave. And then right. leave. I'm gonna spoil the the crap out of her. I can't. She's already got a pony. I bought her a pony already. I'm gonna buy. Yeah, exactly. She we, needs two or three. I we think. just we just start our visits at the Apple Store. Yeah, <laughs> very good for you. Good for you. Well, let me. So you mentioned something as we were walking over here to get set up, and, I, and you took me on a little tour. And I was wondering how you organize things around here. And you said something about clusters, and I really like that. So we've we've learned three very interesting things in terms of. Uh, mass, which is if you put 10 companies together that are all trying to solve problems in a vertical, in education or in financial technology, maybe one out of 10 is competitive with maybe one other one. But eight out of 10 are in this really enviable position, which is something we call lateral learning. They learn from each other. Mm -hmm. So if somebody figures out who the right person is to contact at uh, the Chicago Public School System, if there is such a thing, then the other eight or nine go to school on that person. They don't right. learn in the same painful process and take the same amount of time. So there's a lot of the shared learning. Speed. Yeah, speed. speed. Yeah. And then part two of that is you see here all the time uh, that solutions jump from industry to industry. So self-service is mm -hmm. huge across every industry. Um, and then good good self-service. Good self-service. Yeah, or but, exceptional self-service. the point is the consumer is going to say all day long, that from a convenience and an efficiency and a, even a cost standpoint, they're going to be willing to do more of the heavy lifting because, frankly, it's going to be a better result for them. And that's mm -hmm. going to make a huge change in the economics of a lot of businesses. That's number two. And then the last thing is when you're a startup and you're dealing with large bureaucratic systems or customers, you generally aren't building a solution that's stem to stern. So the nice thing about being in an environment where there's 40 other people you trying can to find the versions other. is you can build, it's sort of the salesman's bag, right. you can build a best of breed set of solutions and you could say, I don't do it, but my Here's a friend of mine. does Here's a friend enterprise of mine. version yeah. of that. Here's a Again, again yeah. part of that canopy that I was talking exactly. about. It's a great environment to be yeah. able to have. Yeah. So you, you call these the groups clusters. Yeah, or incubators. And, uh, which is yeah. a really cool way of being able right. to say. And then these are vertical. So what kind of verticals do you have? So we have real estate. Mm -hmm. And by the way, when we started, you know, the focus was on digital apps and technology and principally around mobile. And then technology sort of caught up with every other industry in the world. So now it's hard to think of an industry that isn't tech-enabled. Yeah. So or isn't going to be mobile. Right. So extent. we have food, we have real estate, we have financial technology, we have education. You know, we're, we're moving into retail now. We have a focus on veterans-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. We have a focus on women-owned uh, and operated businesses. Uh, and then, you know, we're, we're constantly looking. I think the next one will be around urban data and urbanism, you know, the idea that mm -hmm. these data sets enable 
and form amazing new systems. I mean, just my favorite example right now is the smart trash can, which just tells the truck every morning whether to swing by and clean. Whether it's full or not. Whether it's full. Yeah, like I can go another week. Unbelievable. You know, that would be a lot. A lot of, think about the energy, the gas, the wear and tear on the guys. Yeah, so every morning the route is dynamically determined by where the pickups have to be, and you save probably (laughs) a third of the route. And, 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 and yeah, I I can miss this street. I can go here, and this is a more efficient way of doing it. Totally. Oh, and then if you tie that into real time, yeah, yeah, you got a traffic jam yeah. down there. Don't don't go down there. Yeah. So what's been the success ratio for you? So we we look at graduates. So we've graduated about seventy five companies so far in about two years, which we think is pretty darn. A- out of what four hundred companies, I think you have. Yeah. Here? So that but that's a throughput rate. Yeah. So every every month we add probably thirty companies. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, so we've graduated about seventy five. Uh, they've raised about $65 million. Their run rate in terms of revenues is about $30 million. And they've created about 1,700 jobs. And those are our metrics. Which is awesome. Which is great. Yeah. In fact, i got to tell you, you, know, you, you were talking about New York. New York has this goofy campaign about, you know, move to New York and for 10 years you won't pay any taxes. Yeah. And they just did an audit. I don't know if you know this story. So they spent $28 million on the ad campaign. And the audit said that they created seventy six jobs. <laughs> they should have. They should have paid the guys a hundred thousand dollars each yeah. and come out way ahead. It would come out way way a lot bigger. Exactly. Yeah. I think they spent the money yeah. in the wrong place. Yeah. yeah. So we haven't done any advertising or marketing. We just you know create results. Well, what's so. the, well? Let me ask you though. The other side. What's the fail rate? I don't know if I well, fail so, rate. Well, it's so more of a realization rate. Is what I would say. Not a fail rate. It's 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 this opportunity cost argument that if you're not doing something that's either, you know, and it doesn't have to have no competition, but it has to be something that has a value proposition that isn't a solution in some problem. Some, or, somebody's yeah. got to pay you for yeah, it. Exactly, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we, we say to people all the time that you need to sit down now. Here's what you set out to do. And you have to be realistic about whether this is a good use of your time, our resources, and everything else. I'd say that that's under about 15%. I, because... We're able to help them in a lot higher percentage. And also, by the way, we have the luxury of not letting them in. Right? Well, that's so we what I was going to say. We that. only take seven out of ten, right? Yeah, but so I would also them. imagine you've also, and not to speak over you, but yeah. you've also got this word of mouth from other companies who are being successful and say, sure. you've got to come over here. Yeah, sure. and, they, and, and they only want to be surrounded by the people that are going totally. to help them totally. as well. Yeah, totally. So it really feeds into so it, itself. It absolutely does. It's self-editing, uh, and we believe... That if you're focused not on moonshots and not on mm. you know billion dollar outlets, but on productivity enhancements in a healthy market like Chicago is, where no single industry is more than like thirteen percent. Okay, so you got six or seven huge clusters, whether it's logistics or healthcare or finance, where you can address businesses and do B two B kinds of solutions. If that's your world, then it's more about engineering than about luck. So, okay. do you think about? I need to take this beyond Chicago. No, we have we have no aspirations to license it or brand it. Now, keep in mind, our veteran incubator is already in seven or eight different cities because they've called up and said, "Hey, we want to do a similar thing for our vets." We're like, "Okay, fine. Go. Here's what we did. Go, yeah. you know, do it." But as far as we go, it, we've had 
probably 50 overtures from international. But you, you seem to like, but you're having a little fun with, you know, when 1776. I think it's really hard. We're the biggest in the world right now, mm-hmm. size-wise. No, it's big. Know. It's I was, yeah. I've was i seen I've seen a lot yeah. of these, and yeah. especially in the Bay Area and, sure. and in New York. And to some extent, I'm even kind of office here and something that's very similar yeah. to that. It's, but no, this it's is hard, big. and people don't understand that it's really not about real estate. It's really about this whole layer. We spend a million dollars a year on education for our companies. Yeah. So it's about making the resources constantly more valuable. And constantly Do you have people throwing money at you? You know, we, we don't because we're a nonprofit, mm-hmm. and so we have sponsors that want to work with us to be exposed to innovation and entrepreneurship. But what about know, the VC we, side? Well, I mean, the VCs throw money at our company. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's what us. I mean, yeah. you know, personally... Uh, you know, we're very happy to be the facilitator for that. And again, to be a one-stop shop, so those opportunities. And, and they know how to get here, and they know that it makes sense, and a bunch of them have offices here, and even more of them are coming. And we also have here um, Indiegogo, Kickstarter, mm-hmm. our crowd. And Illinois is one of about 17 states now so far because the federal government can't get out of its own way. So we have not enabled in the United States equity crowdfunding, which sucks. Yeah, no, it's, Two years it's ago, ridiculous. That was part of the job. It's stuff, ridiculous, okay? and someone so, thinks they need to protect us yeah, from right. all this so, stuff. So the good news is that about seventeen states now, as an intrastate matter, have have authorized it. Illinois will yeah. join the ranks in September, but they really need it nationally. I mean, the, to do it state by state is ridiculous. Stupid. Yeah, that's yeah, stupid. But. In any event, so we're encouraged by that, and we're getting our companies ready because that's a powerful tool. It's going that, to be big. That device right over there was crowdfunded. They raised about three hundred. Pointing at a, a, it's a, it's a Bluetooth-enabled gramophone. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, it's a cool, cool, cool product. All right, rapid fire. Yeah. So buckle up, man. This is it. All right. All right. Do you believe which is better, startup or buying a new business, buying a business? Well, I think it's better to start a business, just from a personal standpoint. Because you like running it. Yeah. 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 Building it. I like building it. I don't like running it. Yeah, you know, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I can't stand doing the other stuff. That's why I got Carl, my CEO. He, I, listen, Carl, I Carl's say, the end of my yang, man. I, I always say you need an accelerator and a brake, and your brake better be somebody who pays attention yeah. to all the numbers and that kind of stuff. And part two of that is got to respect that person, because when they say no, you got to listen. Is your wife the opposite of you? Uh, she's much calmer and yeah. she's much more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like yeah. six foot three, 200, yeah. and my wife's five foot one, 105 you know, yeah. pounds. Like, same thing. Hey, uh, uh, what was your favorite TV show? growing up uh i i have to say i guess it was the lone ranger really oh yeah, yeah. see I, I i wrote down an answer right here i put yeah. eight is enough i thought eight is enough no, oh come no, on no, i was no. it just like it was a natural yeah. for you although i like the new eight is enough ad the yeah. one about this is it snickers or whoever? oh yeah yeah right oh yeah no that's like, the brady bunch the brady is it, is it, is yeah it's the brady, brady bunch okay, yeah you got to right, get out more often right, i'm right, telling exactly. you that right now <laughs> what, what 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 is better being an entrepreneur or corporate executive being an entrepreneur yeah, sure. but the planes are cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can we can fly in those planes. Hey, what what state has the best motto or slogan? I have no idea, yeah. but I would say Missouri for the show me. That's I was hoping you were going to say that. Of course, of course you had to say yeah. that. And I know that you like art. Yeah, oil or watercolor? Uh, both. I have I, the only thing that I don't like is prints or duplicates. 
So all my stuff is original. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. Yeah. I collect. I collect. I tend to like, like oils, right. and uh, right. but I do want originals. Yeah. I, I'm past that that stage where I like the stuff I like, and yeah. I like. To, it's like investing in in somebody you really like. Yeah. And isn't that well, it's, it's like kind of supporting cool. somebody you like? Oh, that, I like that. It's not an investment. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah, you're not going to get anything back. Right. It's, it's, right. it's addictive. It's right. it's very bad because I have stacks of paintings <laughs> at this point and no place to put yeah. them anymore. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. Yeah, my wife is not happy. All right, last one on the on this one. Uh, crunchy or creamy? Creamy. Oh, really? I'm, no, a, I'm actually crunchy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say. For you got, skippy, I'm yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you got like to have work. I like to earn it. I do too. I yeah. think it's a lot better. It makes you feel like you got something. Yeah. You know, Substance. really? Right, exactly. All right, I like to give you a shameless plug. Whatever you like to plug. Listen, I mean, I, we only have one thing that we plug here, which is what's going on here. We're 1871, and we're excited about it, and it's an amazing adventure, and we think it's putting our city and uh, this part of the country on the map. You know, Steve Case talks about the rise of the rest. This is really important. I mean, technology and the creation of new jobs and valuable jobs. You know, people are very threatened by technology thinking that it's going to eliminate sort of the whole middle class of jobs. You know, uh-huh. there'll be really super jobs and then there'll be a lot of crappy jobs that, you know, you're doing it only until the machine learns how to do it. We think there's this middle layer of using knowledge, using technology to really provide better, more challenging, more exciting businesses and to really be game-changing and life-changing in a lot of ways. Education and healthcare, two giant areas. You know, hopefully we'll bring some changes to those areas. Well, if I can say one thing, you're on fire, Thanks. which is really fantastic. Yeah, you can tell that. I appreciate it. Thanks for time. Happy to do it. All right, bro. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Fortinet. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Fortinet. Hey, I always like to finish up every interview with what I learned. And what I learned today is what I've said before. It's called hard work because it's hard. And Howard helped us to focus in on that. And you know what I also learned is you've really got to be focused. And I've always liked that about real successful people. You've always got to be focused, you know. And I thought that was something you see. You see it in the intensity. when You you don't always get to see it because I'm sitting across from a lot of these guys. And this is the first time I met Howard. But there's an instant rapport, an instant connection, an instant understanding that comes from someone who's been there and someone who tells it like it is and shoots straight. And that's what we got here today was a, state, a straight shooter. And I like, I really liked 1871, the story, the symbolism behind the name. It's the fire and the Chicago and what started after in the rebuilding. And that's kind of a good reminder of the things that we need to do, especially after a tough economy. It's time for us to rebuild. We've been spending a decade for the last decade. We've been spending cutting, cutting, and cutting. Well, maybe it's time to start growing these businesses, and I'm glad to see places like 1871 around. So, hey, tune in. Don't forget. uh, Tell your friends about uh, our show here on Play.it. It's all business with Jeffrey Hazlett on Play.it. Thanks so much, and see you soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.